0: Good afternoon, everybody. It's Steph. Hope you're doing well. This is the um, poor, sad, and inferior shadow half of the Ask a therapist team. Uh, Christina is still on hiatus, uh, out with Raúl, learning how to bathe topless in Milan. So I'm holding down the home fort as as we um, uh, as we wait for her return. So uh, we're going to start right away uh, by my book. It's on my website, On Truth, The Tyranny, Evolution. It's fantastic. And I've also got a new free will series, a three-parter, Count them Three, for the price of one, which is for the price of zero, except for donations, which I look forward to and enable me to eat. I'll have a look at the free will site uh, it's a series. It's on YouTube, it's a playlist, so you don't have to hunt around too far to find it. So, first and foremost, we start with a gentleman who says, Help, I need somebody. My mother-in-law has a severe case of untreated ADHD. It is very much the big family secret, as it is painfully obvious, hurtful to everyone, and no one ever does anything about it. Having married into the family and otherwise not feeling the venom of someone with ADHD until now, I simply don't know how to react to her anymore. She is literally the most rude, obnoxious, pushy, and irritating person I know. She doesn't listen to anyone, talks nonstop, behaves like a child, and thus far I have yet to be able to express to her in a manner where she comprehends what I'm saying, that she can't continue to walk all over my wife and I. Aside from the psychological and emotional strain she puts on us and her repeated hurtful comments and actions, she actually destroys our property by making terrible decisions and simply being very careless. When I've tried to talk to her about anything, she blows up, acts like the world is literally ending and that I'm the devil, and doesn't pay the slightest attention, that she is actually the source of the problem. In her world... She literally isn't doing anything wrong, but leaves a wake of sadness and hurt with everyone in her life. I feel like a rape victim who gets put on trial no matter what I do, and the only result of this whole thing is that she is ruining my marriage, her relationship with my wife and I, heading down a very dark path with her family, and stomping all over everyone in her life without any obvious signs of acknowledgement or control or interest in changing. Once more, help! Well, obviously, I'm sorry to hear about this trouble, uh, and I'm sorry to hear that you have uh, such a stereotypically witchy uh, mother-in-law that that is a real shame and a very, very difficult situation to be in. Yet, strangely enough, not. So the first thing that I would say is if it's, if it's untreated or undiagnosed ADHD, I wouldn't necessarily call it ADHD, uh, because ADHD is a complex thing with no biological markers and the di- diagnosis can go back and forth for years with people. And I doubt very much that a dose of whatever they use to treat ADHD, that stimulant, uh, the Ritalin, I doubt that that's going to have anything to do... Well, they wouldn't treat an adult with that, but I doubt that's going to have anything to do with helping with these kinds of behaviors. Uh, I, sort of as as a a more relevant diagnosis to ADHD, might suggest another acronym, which is B-I-T-C-H. And you can look that one up. That may be a little bit more helpful for you in dealing with this. But I must say that I'm not sure that I quite understand what you say when you say that your mother is uh, mother-in-law is the cause of all of your problems i don't i don't really understand that uh, and i'll sort of give you an analogy which might help you understand why i don't understand it and maybe you can help explain it or help me understand it better so if you stand uh, if you if you park your car uh, in in a particular spot every single day and every single day a boulder comes down, crashing down a hill, and completely destroys your car, and then you go and buy a new car, and then you park it in the same spot, and after uh, a couple of weeks, you're completely broke, Uh, and you write a letter uh, saying, you know, these rocks are the cause of all my problems. Well, I would say that it's not the case that the rock, or in this case, your mother-in-law, is the cause of all of your problems. Of course not. There are a million, uh, a a billion, a couple of billion nasty people in the world, and you can choose to spend time with any of them. And as you know, I don't recognize mother-in-law as any kind of valid moral category that contains any kind of obligation in it. If you let difficult people into your life, your life will become difficult, and you can sit there and blame the difficult people, but the real question is, who invited them into your life? You did! You did! Please don't tell me that this behavior was completely unknown to you before you married your wife. And you obviously are completely frustrated with wanting to change her. But of course, a central tenet of any kind of rational approach to mental health is the understanding that you can't change anybody else. You only have control over your own actions, your own choices, your own behaviors. You have no choice over how other people are going to react to those things. You can influence them to some degree by behaving you know, better or whatever, but... Fundamentally, your actions are the only thing under your control. So, given that that's sort of a basic reality or a basic fact, that that only your own behavior and actions are under your control, and you find this uh, mother-in-law to be endlessly destructive, and of course, I I fully, I mean, assuming you're telling me the truth, I fully agree that this person sounds like a, a horrendously destructive and difficult person to have in your life. So... Given that you can't control anybody else's behavior, but you can only control your own behavior, what are you going to do? Now, trying to change her is not a rational option, because you can't. You can't. If she is as bad as you say she is, the odds of her changing are precisely zero. Because we're not talking about a modification of behavior. We're talking about a complete reversal of a personality structure. I mean, you might as well say, well, my marriage will get better the moment that I can close my eyes and wish myself to the dark side of the moon, not the album, but the place. And that would be something that you would have to give up on as a hope and deal with something more practical. So what do you do? Well, I can speak from some experience here insofar as before Christina was ready to defoo and I was seeing how destructive her parents' behavior was towards her. And you know, to, to give them their due credit, they're not even on the same planet as this lunatic That you've got as a mother-in-law and they were just critical and 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 a little negative and they didn't listen to her and so on and we had problems that arose when we would see them so after a particular incident wherein christina had advanced an opinion and her mother had scowled at her and changed the topic immediately and sort of radiated disapproval and negativity i said um you know what i've now known these people for i guess about two years at this point and I just don't see them treating you that well. I don't see them treating you really badly, you know, yelling at her or anything like that. and not horrible people in that way. But uh, I just don't like the fact that, that, I mean, I love you, you're my wife, and there are people who are uh, hurting you. And I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to participate in that in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to condone that or signify any kind of approval so i'm terribly sorry to inform you uh, dear wife of mine but i am no longer going to see your parents i strongly suggest that you don't see your parents and i will fully support whatever it takes to get you over that considerable hump of no longer seeing your parents but i'm not going to like am you you if you if you say uh, uh, we're going over there for brunch then I'm not going to come and I'm not going to come because I don't want to see you be hurt and if you feel the need or you want to go and or you've got your issues to work out or maybe you're too scared to break with this destructive witch but if you want to go that's your business I can't control your behavior but I can certainly control my own behavior and I'm no longer going to participate in any social events or engagements which hurt you and of course also hurt me because watching you get hurt hurts me. So I'm going to do what is necessary to protect my mental health and happiness, and I'm no longer going to see your mom. You take a leadership role. Your, ma- your wife can't in this moment, right? And she's obviously raised in a very chaotic household and so on. Your wife can't, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, this is leadership is a baton that passes back and forth in marriages. But you take a leadership position in this, and you say, I'm not going to stand for this. And you don't say, I'm not going to stand for this, and therefore you all have to do this. That or the other. I mean, that's not self actualization. That's not healthy. That's not, uh, and it's not realistic. That's manipulative, right? It's manipulative for me to say, I'm not going to do this, and now you all have to do that. The sentence ends with "I'm no longer going to do this," and you give your reasons. And of course, you're—you know—we can listen to what people say and and get their response. And it doesn't mean that we're completely, <laughs> one uh, like a bullet uh, through the air, unable to waver and so on. But you say, "Look, I—I uh, I mean, this—who is this woman, right? She's she's your mom, but that's no particular obligation to me. In fact, it's no particular obligation to you." But this is how we free the world. We don't free the world by saying to people, you have to do X or Y or Z, or this family has to acknowledge this crazy person. Of course the family is not going to acknowledge this crazy bitch. Of course not. I mean, she's been reinforced the whole time. The whole family structure is built around ignoring this. It's completely and totally impossible that this family is going to acknowledge this sort of the reality of this crazy witch so the way that we free the world is we simply say I'm not going to do X we lead by example we say I no longer engage with corrupt people and I'm certainly happy to support this and I'm not just doing this because I can't handle it or because I don't want to confront this person or whatever I'm just doing it because this is the right thing to do right it is the right thing to do to not have corrupt and destructive and abusive people in your life it is immoral it is immoral to have corrupt and abusive and destructive people in your life you are giving sanction to brutality you are supporting corruption and evil but I'm not going to force people to do stuff I am going to demonstrate freedom I'm going to demonstrate the principle of no unchosen positive obligations in practice I'm going to show what it looks like to be free and then those who want to be free and I'm talking about it, give my reasons those who want to be free will follow me and those who don't want to be free there's nothing you can do Right. If someone's drowning and you jump jump into the the lake to save them, if they kick a little bit because they're panicking, then stay with them. If, with full knowledge and cognizance, they punch you in the face, fuck them. Head back to shore. But you can't you can't save people. You can only demonstrate salvation and see who's interested. So yeah, I mean, who who is the cause of this woman being in your life? You are the cause of this woman being in your life. You knew who she was before she married your wife, and before you married your wife. You're still choosing to have this woman. I mean, if this woman is coming over, you leave the house. If your wife is saying, oh, we've got to go, just, you know, you go. If you feel that it's important to do this, and I I mean, I know that it's totally wrong, but if you feel that it's important to do this, then go do this. But I'm not going to do it. This woman can be in your life, but she's not going to be in my life. Because this is a badass woman. So you you have complete authority, control, and power in your life. And yes, you know, I mean, it certainly is more than a little possible that your wife is going to get really mad at you. And, 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 you know, the fact that you're acting on your principles is going to make people angry, as it always does, right? Certain people. And you don't have any control over that either. The only thing you have control over is your behavior. And that means no longer spending time around these kinds of people. So this is one of the easier ones we've gotten, as far as ask a therapist goes. I don't need more than, what, 12 minutes on it. But uh, yeah, you just, uh, you just don't, uh, don't have anything to do with this woman. It's, oh, well, my wife. It's like, well, no, that's your wife's business, right? That's your wife's business. But your business is whether you support uh, bad people. And uh, by spending time with them and pretending otherwise that they're not bad, you're doing exactly that. The best way to free others is to act with liberty ourselves. All right, so the next part of this um, conversation is a gentleman who writes, and we'll call him Bob. Bob writes, Is there something wrong with me? Bracket strange fantasies, and the like. So he says, When I cry, I don't really dislike the experience. I don't like crying in front of other people, of course, but when I'm alone, it feels okay. Once I have started crying, I will often find myself purposefully thinking sad or self-deprecating thoughts to make myself cry more. I think that I take pleasure in feeling sorry for myself and in other people feeling sorry for me. When I was in high school, I'm 18 now, having graduated a year ago, I would often find myself daydreaming and fantasizing about awful things happening to me or people I love. I would, for instance, imagine both of my parents being killed in a car accident, forcing me to live with my aunt and uncle or some variation thereof. In this fantasy, I would be able to act however I wanted, drink excessively, have violent outbursts, And I would almost be justified in acting that way because my parents had recently been killed. Another common fantasy would involve me being hit by a car or being shot or having people worry about me, come visit me in the hospital, and so on. I still have these thoughts from time to time, but have become more aware of them and try not to revel in them because I feel that they are unhealthy. Any thoughts you might have on any of this would be greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot, Bob. Well, I certainly do understand that feeling, right? What's that? You'll be sorry when I'm dead, and all this guilt will be on your head. So, I do, I do really understand these these kinds of feelings, and I've had similar sort of experiences like that uh, before, when I was younger, uh, a little bit younger than than you are, but not much. So, uh, I'll tell you what I think is going on, and of course, you can let me know what uh, wh- whether you think this is uh, valid or not. So. What I believe is happening for you, and I'm going I'm going out on a limb, so let me know if it makes sense or not. What I believe is happening for you is that people, uh, your parents, so your primary parents, did not pay much attention to you when you were a child, and do not know who you are. Uh, there's not uh, any real intimacy. Uh, there's not any real empathy, particularly empathy for you and your states of minds, your thoughts, your feelings. There's a, a very strong sense that I get from this of isolation. And so uh, I'll tell you what I think is going on, what your un- unconscious is trying to do, and then we can talk about how, uh, how to change uh, what's, what's happening, right? So we all have a need for affection, a, a very strong need for affection and to feel valued by others, right? And, and there's a huge root uh, of, of human motivation, a huge causality at the bottom of human motivation, which is what do you do if you're not loved for who you are? right? All children should be loved for who they are originally, right? Just loved and adored and and worshipped for who they are. It doesn't mean no discipline or all that kind of stuff, but we all should be loved for who we are, and that's how we gain a sense that we are of value to other people. If we are not perceived as having any value to other people, it's very hard for us to really believe or feel that we have value for ourselves, if that makes sense. So, If nobody ever teaches us to speak, we can't just invent language on our own. And if nobody ever finds real value and pleasure in our natural being, the natural play and interplay of our thoughts and feelings and instincts and so on. If nobody ever really takes value uh, or finds value in who we are in our natural state, we can't very reasonably invent value for ourselves or invent the fantasy that or invent a reality called we have value any more than we can invent language if we're not taught it or invent all of mathematics if we're never taught it. So what I believe has occurred in your life is that you have not been valued for who you are. And massive amounts of human society are devoted uh, and some pretty exploitive areas of human society are devoted to sort of, quote, solving this problem, right? So... If you don't feel that you have value for who you are, well, what are you going to do? Well, you're going you're to fuss with your hair. You're going you're gonna to work out. You're going to try and look good. You're going to try and be cool. You're going to try and learn dance moves. You're going to try and be smart. You're going to try and get a degree. You're going to try and be a doctor. You're going to try to like certain types of music. You're going to try and portray yourself in a certain kind of way. Because me, just me, is not enough. I gotta be me in a Ferrari. I gotta be me rich. I gotta be me cool. I gotta be me with a tattoo. I gotta be me with piercings. I gotta be me with grills. Right? If, if you're just, if you're not enough, if you're not enough, just you, just you in your natural, unadorned, unpumped up, state if you're not enough what are you going to do well you have to create something which makes people care about you breast implants uh, hair transplants uh, all of the mess and nonsense talent is a big one right oh I have talent now people will care about me but we know uh, Owen Wilson just tried to slash him wrists right not enough doesn't work Right, so, so what is it that we're going to do if we're not enough to, to have people care about us just for who we are in our natural state? Well, we're going to have to add something to create value. And your particular circumstance, and I can't, obviously, I don't know what caused this, but your particular circumstance is that people will care about me if it's me plus tragedy. Right, so you know, women say people will, will care about me if it's me minus 20 pounds or me with a boob job or me with a facelift or me with dyed hair or whatever but with you it's people will care about me if it's me plus tragedy Right, so you create this world in which a terrible thing has happened so that people will care about you right? in a sense you'll have something to say you'll have someone to be you will be the guy whose parents died horribly. Right, this is a guy, my last, last job that I had, there was a guy who, who was once uh, on the Olympics, he was an Olympic rower, he was an Olympic rower, and of course you found out about this within 30 seconds, or 45 seconds, or a minute of him, right? You get this, this is the constant advertisement that people give you, either explicitly or implicitly. You know, I go to clubs and I cut right through the lines. You know, that's... (laughs) I'm not enough, just in and of myself. Right? It has to be me plus being really cool and hip and blah, 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 blah. So, in your particular situation, you're not enough in and of yourself. So, you plus tragedy is, is what will get people to pay attention to you and have sympathy for you. Now, of course, nobody fundamentally, deep down, at all likes having to put on an act to, quote, create interest in people. Nobody likes that, right? I mean, (laughs) every woman even wants to be loved for who she is, right? But, But then it feels uncertain about going out just as she is. Right? So the primping and the whatever and do I look fat and (laughs) all this kind of stuff, right? I mean, we all want to be loved for who we are. But we're all terrified that unless we put on a show, nobody's going to love us, right? So your show, in your own mind, is tragedy. And there is self-pity in that. And there's good reason to have self-pity, which is that you weren't loved for who you are. But if you were loved for who you were, you wouldn't need to invent these tragic scenarios. Wherein people will have sympathy for you or pay attention to you. But, of course, uh, there's anger in that too, right? There's anger in having to create a show to get people's attention. Because deep down we know that if they really loved us, we shouldn't have to create a show, right? So the anger that comes from feeling unloved or abandoned comes out in the desire for the tragedy to strike your parents, not you, right? You don't say, well, gee, what if I, um, you know, what if my leg fell off or something? and <laughs> It's a sympathy, right? It's hostility towards... Uh, towards other people and so that uh, that sort of shows up uh, that way and um, uh, there is there is some things and you do mention right so you um, you get shot or hit by a car and people come to visit you right and there are these scenes these soap opera scenes right so it's either hostility towards others or hostility towards yourself that comes up but there's always a hostility because right, you don't say, people will love me because I get a windfall, I, I win the lottery, or, or you know, it, it's, it's a negative thing, it's a destructive thing. And so you also feel that this is going to absolve you of uh, sort of human laws of, of ethics, right? So you can start acting really badly, but then uh, people can, uh, can sort of have sympathy for you, because it's like, well, you know, he went through a terrible time, so he's drinking and this and that. So you, you want to act out this anger, but you need kind of the permission to you know, act out the self-destructive behavior, drinking and drugs. But you need the permission of tragedy to do so, right? So, so I would say that if you want to sort of get to the core of these issues, you have to sort of examine within your own heart what does it mean to be loved and cared for? Right? Were you ever loved and cared for passionately, devotedly, just for who you uh, who you are? Right? Are there things that you're doing with that would make right now that make good and virtuous people? love you or respect you or admire you and if not you need to start doing those things and there's lots in the podcast about that if you'd like to listen to those but I think that's really the core issue that's that's going on once you find out this hollowness that's in your heart in these areas then you need to sit down with your parents and say I'm not sure that I don't feel that you ever loved me for who I was and work through that particular process and um uh, hopefully you will be able to find a way out of these, these fantasies and towards a more productive way of having people love you, which, of course, is a beautiful thing. All right, next up we have... Oh, another Bob. Dear Steph and or Christina, I am having trouble understanding my family and why they do what they do. First, my mom has a schizoaffective disorder, and sometimes she will be nice and caring and a little social. But another time... Uh, other times she will have delusions like my dad is seeing another woman even though there's no uh, reason to believe this during this phase she will be very antisocial and is provoked sometimes for no apparent reason also i have an older brother age 22 who has severe autism and cannot live on his own my dad is hardest to understand sometimes he will also be nice but will get aggravated by certain things he obsesses about my formal education, and if I show significant signs of slacking or not living up to his expectations, usually not doing homework, he will lecture me about and hand out about it, and hand out punishment, usually blocking use of the internet where I get most of my knowledge that is of any value to me. Free domain radio Amen, brother. He also spoils my older brother doing almost anything for him, unless he, Dad, is extremely aggravated. He also works for a defence as uh, he also works for a defence contractor, which may say something important about him what do I want to know what I want to know is to understand what the heck is going on why does dad spoil my brother why did he marry a schizophrenic woman Uh, if you need more info please contact me I remember Uh, I remember being spanked when I was young but after four it stopped however I was physically assaulted by my autistic brother when I was young if I did anything that somehow aggravated him he would hit me eventually I would fight back and he doesn't hit me now if he has any problems he will take it out on dad Understandably, I've been very resentful towards my brother and my dad for spoiling him. Also, due to the circumstances, I have high levels of anxiety and am easily stressed. Oh, my brother, my brother, my brother, what an absolutely nightmarish and terrible situation. My heart absolutely bleeds for you. I'm so, so sorry. What a complete nightmare uh, and, and crazy-ass zoo you've been born into. And, oh, man, kudos for um, surviving as well as you have. There's not much that I can say. Your um, mom, for sure, it's schizoaffective, for those who don't know, is biochemical in nature. And, uh, of course, because it's biochemical in nature, it doesn't mean that it's only biochemical in nature. Because what that also means, of course, is that that has significant effects on, on self-esteem and other uh, psycho- aspects of psychology that would not be directly influenced by... Like, I mean, if somebody has bipolar disorder... Um, then that person is going to end up with lower self-esteem because they achieve less in life, they're more prone to depression, less prone to self-trust, and so on. So your mom has a physical disorder which has a very strong effect on a wide variety of aspects of her uh, of her thinking and her feeling. So that uh, that is just a, a complete nightmare. And why she's doing what she's doing, well, if you short-circuit a robot, it's going to do some weird things. And there's no particular way you can say, well, why is my robot doing these weird things? It's like, because it's short-circuited, right? I mean, if you jolt electricity through your arm, your arm's going to flap around like a fish on the bottom of a boat. So saying why it does that, well, it's because it's broken, right? So so that aspect of things, I, I mean, can't do much about, but you do need to process your own feelings with regards to this and the legitimate hell that you've gone through in this family. And, I mean, you're young, so leaving may not be uh, an option. But what I would say is that I don't think that your family would find it, unless, I mean, like, they're all completely deranged. And by this, you I mean, your father, who really seems, sounds like the only one who's remotely sane, to say, look, I mean, it's been a pretty stressful family going, growing up. I need to get some counseling. I really need to get some counseling. And the most important thing for you to do is to get to a therapist so that you can process your experience of living in this family. Which, oh man, I mean, just what a what a nightmare! I'm so 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 sorry. That is just beyond awful what it is that uh, that you've had to go through, that you had to suffer through uh, in this family. So so the the th- only thing that I can suggest, because there's not much that that obviously that I can do uh, remotely in any way, but the thing that is absolutely crucial for you is to get to a therapist now. If you're still in high school, then, of course, you may have access to counseling through that. Uh, um, if your dad works for a defense contractor, then he may well have uh, some sort of um, uh, benefits that will allow you to go and see a counselor for free. But, uh, I mean, if there's one thing that you need to do, you need to, you need to find out about that. There may be a kid's helpline that you can call that is going to help you uh, to, to get to talk to someone helpful about this. But you can't, I mean, you can't do this on your own. No, no, no human being could, right. And it is real strength to ask for help when you need it. So the the absolutely crucial thing is to get to uh, a therapist uh, as as quickly as humanly possible and start to work through this stuff's going to fester, right. The longer you leave it, the worse it's going to be. So you don't, I mean, as much as possible, you want to prevent this and you can do a lot too do this and you must as much as possible you may want to you want to prevent this from carrying on to another generation so i would say given that you're dealing with some serious biological ailments that have produced terrifying uh, behavioral uh, results i would say that it's absolutely essential to get to a therapist and talk to um talk to someone who can get you there you won't have to pay and uh i mean there's no one who could say that you don't need it because oh brother that is just terrible well, thanks so much to those who are writing in. We will continue to plug on. Christina should be back, uh, I guess, in a couple of weeks or a month, a month and a half. And um, uh, I hope that <laughs> I'm doing some vaguely credible job of of, uh, of dealing with these or tackling these. So thank you so much for listening. I look forward to your donations. And uh, I um, uh, look forward to uh, well, look forward to selling you my book. And uh, you can go to freedomainradio.com. Just click on the Untruth, Tyranny of Illusion. Uh, logo on the uh, main page and uh, you can read some reviews on Lulu and pick it up for under 19 bucks. Thank you so much for listening I will talk to you soon